0: Again, hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild with me, your host, Joey Awijan or Paladino Joey? <laughs> yes, sir. We are finally back here on Brave the Wild. It is Sunday, March the 24th, 2013. This is episode number 59 of Brave the Wild, which is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show which is going to be a much happier show than it's been pretty much the last four or so years of doing this show. I haven't had much good things to talk about. No playoff appearances, uh, a coach getting fired. We thought another coach is going to get fired fairly soon here, but, well, this has been a nice little surge for our Minnesota Wild, hasn't it? Very, very excited indeed. So, first and foremost, though, gotta mention, there is a call-in line for this show. It is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877, it is, yes sir, remember to remember that it is a voicemail, mention what show you're calling in for, which is, of course, Brave the Wild, alright, so the Sebastians, Mark Carlson, guys like that, that hopefully are listening, I'm sure they are, to this show, yes sir, and shout out to them as well, yeah. Probably the more uh, probably the more loyal listeners of this show, but yes, sir. Well, it <laughs> gets to the topic here. The Minnesota Wild, well, it's been a great, great resurgence. It sure has in a big, big way. But before we get to that, let's talk about where the Minnesota Wild will be playing next year. They're going to be playing in a new division. We have a NHL realignment. It is a reality. It's finally actually going to happen. Realignment is a reality the Minnesota Wild will now share the division with old rivals like Chicago and St. Louis and new rivals like the Dallas Stars, who are, well, they're not really a new rival. I think they're the true arch-rival for the Minnesota Wild, outside of Vancouver, obviously, which is a new rival, along with the Stars, because the Stars used to be ours. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but St. Louis and Chicago, no Detroit. The Detroit Red Wings are heading east to the Eastern Conference, well, while well, wow, they will be replaced in the Western Conference with the Winnipeg Jets, who do not belong playing with, the, you know, in the same division that the Atlanta uh, Thrashers played in. Of course, that's who the Jets were. But you know what I mean, you know, playing Florida and all that all year. That, that's kind of ridiculous. That's a lot of travel. It's kind of, you yeah, know, not really wise business. So they fixed that. There you go. So we will be playing Chicago. We'll be sticking with Colorado. So they're the only team returning from the Northwest Division with the old, uh, you know, obviously Colorado, Calgary, uh, Vancouver, who are we, uh, and uh, Edmonton. So all those Canadian teams will be, uh, well, they'll be playing in their own division next year together, <laughs> Edmonton and all of them. But we will be keeping Colorado. Nashville has been added. They're kind of a pretty good rival as well. And as I mentioned, St. Louis, Winnipeg. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Got to like the new division. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like what I see out of it. It's nice to have Chicago. I'm, I mean, yeah, it's going to be kind of a bummer to not have Vancouver in the division anymore. But, hey, we can revive the old the old rivalry with Chicago, though. Unfortunately, they're not quite the same type of team that they were back in the the late 80s, early 90s, when it was like a bump and thump, beating them up type team. And the North Stars were kind of like that as well with the Basil McCraeys and such back in the good old days. So, eh, you know, it'll be more of a high-flying, high-scoring Atmosphere, I think, between Chicago and Minnesota for many, many years to come, which I do think will be a very, very good rivalry in the coming years because, obviously, both teams filled with immense talent. For, you know, three lines deep, maybe four lines in Chicago. Minnesota, well, kind (laughs) of. Kind of four lines deep. Not really. Like, the fourth line is, uh, you know, guys like Torrey Mitchell and such. But at least you also have... Jason Zucker and stuff, though well, he has been sent down to Houston, we'll get, <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit, <sighs> the playoff plan though with this new realignment doesn't make much sense, it'd be nice if they just stuck with a 16 team field, why mess with it, just 16 teams, 7 game series, why mess with it, just leave it alone, I like 16 teams and all that good stuff, it's a lot of fun to keep up with, indeed, as far as I'm concerned. But pretty much that's all that needs to be said about the alignment. It's exciting. Yeah, we're going to miss some of the old rivalries with Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Calgary. Yeah, I'm going to miss it because it's, well, we've been in that division for over 10 years. It's been a while. So new rivalries were built. I mean, it's not like it was like two to three years or something. And then, oh, now we're realigning with the old Blackhawks and St. Louis and Detroit and such. No, I mean, at least we have Chicago and St. Louis from that old Norris division back in the good old days. Days of yore, those old North Stars. <laughs> Though that division kind of fluctuated at times. I remember Tampa Bay was in it at at one point, which was really weird. Uh, I believe, Tor- yeah, Toronto was in it back in the good old days. I think Montreal was even in it at one point, way back in the area, yeah, back in the eighties, which is weird. Montreal and Minnesota in the same division, Huh, weird. Yeah, okay, but yeah, that's hockey for you. <laughs> I mean, there were a lot, of, there were a lot, there were more Canadian teams back in the good old days. Hopefully, Quebec is uh, back in the mix again. That would be pretty cool. So yeah, as I mentioned, after a sluggish start, and I mean a really sluggish start, Minnesota are becoming a force in the Western Conference. Uh, so now we're going to kind of jump around memory lane a little bit here <laughs> on the Facebook page because it's like, it's one of those deals where we got to play catch up because it's been so long since we did this show. So yeah, uh, I should mention also, well, I'm loading this Facebook page here, <laughs> which is, of course, you simply search for "Brave the Wild" on Facebook. So go to Facebook, search for "Brave the Wild," go to the one that is a, uh, go to the one that is actually a page, not a group a Facebook page. But yeah, also should mention that uh, you know I was upgrading the computer a bit, obviously piece by piece, so it took a lot longer than expected, and then got other, got distracted by other things. So that's a large reason why the show has not been recorded. In so long, so I do apologize to everybody. Hopefully, the show runs more smoothly, smoothly, literally now. <laughs> you know, in general, I can do things a lot faster, which I like now, and hopefully there's a lot less lag and all that good stuff. So that's the whole idea there. So yeah, I believe there was a com- couple comments. Yeah, Mark Carlson at one point telling me, "Ah, oh, this is way back when I'm posted." About up, oh, Brave the Wild episode fifty-eight, one-man show is on. That was back when it was just like Bash Breezy's the only good player. And uh, Mark Carlson says, "Congrats on the anniversary, Joey." <laughs> I am, I am not able to catch many games. Do this, but the, this podcast is important to help me stay informed. So yeah, hopefully I can keep doing that for you, Mark. Also, I will be, I will try to recommend Brave the Wild to some friends and family, but I might. Be the only Minnesota fan. Lots of Jets fans in the family. Thanks for putting out a great show. I like listening to the great Sebastian Balls and your predictions too. Go wild. 73 mark from Iowa. So thank you again, Mark, for that. Sebastian also saying, yeah, congrats, Joey (laughs) Awajin. And uh, he says, too bad we... I was talking about, I believe, yeah, too bad we did lose last night's game, but it was amazing. not sure who that which game that was cuz it's so long ago that was like january 30th but um yeah the anniversaries for those of you that might be wondering what the heck is he talking about is uh because i, yeah, I was uh, i was i mentioned on the last show uh that was my 300th career podcast 300 over the course of 3 or actually 4 shows starting way back with Palladino live in january 2008 early, uh and then On to Purple Mafia, which is still around, obviously. Paladino Live is no longer around, but Purple Mafia is a Minnesota Vikings show. Timberwolves Explosion, obviously Timberwolves show, and this one. So combined, that was my 300th show at the time, episode 58 of Brave the Wild. So that's what they were mentioning right there. Thanks again for those kind thoughts, guys. Yeah, there was a Star Tribune article back on February 8th. It just shows how different, how different things were for the Minnesota Wild back in uh, early February, there was an article written by Suhan, Jim Suhan of the Star Tribune, saying basically an unfulfilled promise despite investment puts Yo's job in peril. And yeah, and I did believe at the time that Mike Yo was not the right coach for this team. I was really beginning to see that. It's like, you know, the way the team collapsed last year, you know, you could blame easily on, there were a trillion injuries and you had guys like the Warren Peters, and David McIntyre and guys like that playing—that you know, no disrespect to them, but they don't belong in playing on second and third lines in the NHL, especially second lines, which is which is what they were because there was nobody else on the team basically last year. Everyone's hurt with this and that injury, nagging injuries, serious injuries, and the like. So it was just something—it was circumstances at the time. But at the same time, Yo wasn't seemingly handling it as well as he should have at the time. And then this year, it just seemed to. Snowball right into this season as well, or pick up where it left off. It's like, gosh, this team is not going anywhere with this guy. Maybe we got we got to get somebody else in there, possibly. At least look at it. Maybe we should have hired a veteran coach from the beginning, but the Wild didn't. But now, Mike Yo's button, Mike Yo is pressing the right buttons again. Like it seemed like he was at a good point last year when the Wild exploded into a great, great record. We had the number one record in the league. Like, last year, we were the Blackhawks (laughs) for a little while. For a little while. Not quite as good. That's another brief topic we can get into is the amazing start of the Blackhawks as well. Undefeated start for, gosh, what was it, like 28 games or so. Um, Undefeated in regulation, that is, though, which is funny. One of the uh, post... (laughs) One of the uh, overtime losses for the Chicago Blackhawks earlier in the year was against the Wild, which is Amazing. So it does show the wild do have the ability to beat even the best. Though seemingly we cannot, and I repeat, cannot beat Anaheim. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Bouncing around a bit here's some more. Um, I, when I was talking about the computer issues, Mark Carlson said, Whatever it takes to make a great show even better, you have my full support. Mark from Iowa. Thank you so much, Mark. I do appreciate that always. So now we're going to get some more into the actual, uh, some other posts during the course of the month here. It's nice to have some fan interaction on this show, which I didn't have back in the day. (laughs) Sebastian Bowles was going to a game at one point. Mark Carlson talking about it. He says, maybe we'll see you on TV. (laughs) Got it like that. Uh, It was a big win. It was, uh, I believe it was against, I forget who it was. I I can't remember. He was just saying, big win, watching at home with my family and guests from Winnipeg tonight. Great, fun yeah, I should look at that. It was about it was February seventeenth. so I'll give that in a second. Second, uh, go go wild tonight. Minnesota versus Arizona. A week later, there he was saying go wild versus Ducks. Looking good. Yeah, the Wild did get off to a good start. This was just about a week and a half ago. Ugh. the Wild. I thought they. I thought you know, man, thought they had it, but it was just one of those deals where they had tons of scoring chances, only wound up with one goal, and then they get a, and then the Ducks. Yeah, that's what it was. The Ducks got a cheap one with a minute left. The Wild Rob won nothing forever, and then it was 1-1 early in the third period, and then the Ducks got a cheap one at the last second. And I was mentioning how oh, I hate Anaheim with a passion, because I do. We, we just cannot beat them. Mark Carlson saying, I thought we skated well, passed well, must be fate. Must be, Mark. Must be. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. No comments about the blueprint, which I posted on there. Also no comments about an unbelievable goal by the Minnesota Wild. Oh, man. ah, That was a spectacular play. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm like clicking on it right now. Just got (laughs) to... Obviously, no sound. And got to love that, that they force you to watch an advertisement. But (laughs) as we bounce around, I got to also jump around and say, Andrew Burnett has been hired as hockey operations advisor. So I'm very... Very, very pleased that that has taken place. Andrew Brunette has been hired as hockey operations advisor. And yes, this was against the Colorado Avalanche. One of the greatest plays, one of the greatest uh, set-up goals I've ever seen by the Wild. It was was like a spectacular deal between the three best players on the team. Suter, Parisi, and Koivu, which wound up (laughs) a a little kind of give-and-go. Back and forth, and then zing back over to Koivu, for which the pass was so was timed so perfectly, the goalie had no chance to turn and try to make the save. I mean, Koivu had that goal in the bag, and that was spectacular playmaking, spectacular positioning by all the players involved. Of course, again, as mentioned, Suter, Parisi, and Koivu. One, of the, one for the ages, and I posted it on the Facebook page. Those of you out there, guys, check it out if you'd like to see it, because it's on the page. Clear as day. That was on March 14th against Colorado Avalanche. That was a very fun game, and that was when the Wild went from winning close games to starting to kick some people's butts, like literally blowing people out a little bit here. <laughs> We've had some some nice scoring by the Wild for the past several games now, and it's been uh, it's been outstanding. You look at the schedule, really, three losses in the entire month of March as of as of right now, today is of course the 24th. We had a win against San Jose last night, a two-to-zero victory. We had a win against Detroit at Detroit, which is unbelievable. We had two wins this past this past week that ended like ten game. Well, I believe it was an 11-game losing streak in Vancouver, 12-game losing streak in Detroit. Both ended this week. Unbelievable. Wild went three to one against Vancouver on the 18th, four to two against Detroit on the 20th. Just unbelievable turnout for the Wild. Uh, Backstrom's played in, I believe, eight consecutive games. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, Thursday, the 14th of March, was that tic-tac-toe, that's what they call it, goal. Uh, and then we had another, fair, it just seemed like a fairly easy win against Colorado in the 6-4 to one. But the Wild had a nice lead, but they kind of let the Black, excuse me, of the Blackhawks, they let the Avalanche back in the game. But still, there was just six goals is just too much for Colorado to, to recover from. The Wild also beat Vancouver and Edmonton this month. And Nashville in fairly close games. In those cases, the losses to Anaheim, though both by one goal, and the Wild could not defeat the Blackhawks on March fifth. <laughs> so they lose five to three in Chicago. Not many people expecting the Wild to win that game because the Blackhawks were still on their streak at that point in time. And then both of the other two losses were to Anaheim. So clearly, Anaheim and Chicago, which are the one and two seed in the Western Conference. Chicago, the one, of course. Um, are the two teams the Wild right now can't beat. Though, we did, I guess we did beat the Blackhawks in a, in a shootout earlier in the year. So that's great. But, well, we haven't beaten them in regulation yet. And Anaheim, we just cannot beat for whatever reason. It is extremely frustrating. that, And they are a great, great hockey team, obviously. They have some very old players like Timo Solani, and they have a lot of young, talented guys like Perry and such. A team that uh, some people actually say... Well, it's kind of like a blueprint, a blueprint, not necessarily the same types of players, but blueprint for what the Wild have been doing as well, where they started playing the young guys all of a sudden, and they, you know, they started, they finally, they assembled a great group of young guys, and the first year, they looked good, the second year, they won it all, boom, so, you know, to to combine with veterans, so, who knows, hopefully the Wild end result is the same thing. Anaheim only has one cup so far. Let's hope they stay at that. <laughs> a tear would not drop my eye if Anaheim never hoisted Lord Stanley Cup again. Yes, Lord Stanley's Cup again. That would be wonderful if they did not. Yes, yes. So, yeah, other things we could say, though. Several players majorly have improved during uh, since a slow start, like Suter. <laughs> Suter like I mentioned on the last show, was really off to a slow start this year. Setaguchi was terrible, I thought, early on in the year. And Colin really wasn't doing all that much. Now you talk Suter, Setaguchi, and Colin. You're like, well, geez, they're like the three best players in the team right now. At least the three hottest. Uh, Ryan Suter right now, right now, <laughs> I don't think you'd get too many arguments that he's the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Thirty In 30 games, he has 26 points. He is leading the Wild. In scoring, tied with Miko Koibu, two goals, twenty-four assists, twenty-four assists for Ryan Suter. That is unbelievable. The guy is playing out of his mind. And again, this after a very sluggish start. He was out of position at times. He wasn't. He wasn't getting assists at all. He wasn't. Show, he wasn't showing up. He wasn't. Set, he wasn't setting guys up properly. He just was kind of not that good <laughs> to start off the season aguchi was virtually worthless. Couldn't find the net for his life, obviously, and was like the kind of guy who doesn't really you couldn't really count on to get assists either. Now that second line with Colin Setaguchi and Bouchard are the hottest line on the team. Pierre Marc Bouchard for even a while there wasn't doing heck of anything. Now he's kicking butt right now, and he might be trade bait for some people out there. Should the Wild eye something that they would like to add to this team, and Pierre Marc Bouchard could potentially be that trade bait because he's not as like you gotta keep him as some of the others, like the set of Gucci's and such. Danny Heatley also has been demoted to the third line to have uh, Charlie Coyle, who started out slowly but has been fairly good. I mean he's just still getting his feet wet, obviously, in the NHL. This is his first year ever in the NHL. He now has six points in nineteen games and he's on that top line with Koivu and, and uh, Zach Parisi. So you gotta like that. <laughs> Zach Parisi, left wing, Coyle, right wing. A power forward, number sixty three, Charlie Coyle. Not spectacular, but certainly showing signs of what <laughs> of what he could be. And you got it like that. Michael Granlin sent down to Houston, unfortunately. He had been scratched a few times, quite a few times as well during the course of time. And oh he's only played 19 games. And it's not because of injuries, it's because of scratches. He has six points on the year, one goal, five assists. He is down in Houston and actually doing really well. And of course, he played in Houston for extended period of time due to something they call the NHL lockout. <laughs> Another guy, Jason Zucker, who is dominating in Houston, but was also showing signs of becoming a net finder, big time, a sniper for the Wild on the fourth line, and at times up in the second line. He uh, he's been uh, he's been optioned back to Houston. Unfortunately, for him. It's just one of those things that uh, Darcy kumper back up to the wild, <laughs> along with uh, Jake Dowell, who, well, yeah, he's kind of one of those career minor leaguers slash fourth line NHL skaters. So, mm, NHL forward. So, well, I guess, I guess they sent Zucker back down to Houston for whatever reason. I thought he was playing okay. He was also hurt fairly, uh, he was also hurt on a cheap shot a few games back as well. So, just uh, one of those things. It's a five points in 14 games for him. Mike Rupp was acquired in a trade, a a low end trade, Whew, as well for sent to the uh, who was uh, excuse me acquired from the New York Rangers for Daryl Powell. Oh goody, Daryl Powell, <laughs> Daryl Powell, and uh, um pa- Nick Palmolieri, Palmolieri, Palmolieri. Yeah, he's not yeah. He's one of those guys you could tell he wasn't really going to do anything. Daryl Poe in 19 games with the Rangers has about what he did with the Wild. Zero points. Great. And that Paul Palmolari guy is down in their Houston. Now down in their version of Houston. So, <laughs> you gotta like what that's all about. The Wild also made a trade of the Ottawa Senators I believe last, yeah, this last week or so for a 6th rounder. Yes, they have all kinds of, uh, they also have Guillaume Guillermo though in uh, Ottawa. it was uh, Matt Cassian, that's who it was Matt Cassian sent to Ottawa for a 6th rounder, so there's another trade the Minnesota Wild have been doing, little tiny tweaks here and there, Mike Rupp is mostly an enforcer, 4th line center type who can fight, but can also add a point or two here and there (laughs) basically he's better than than Daryl Powell, yeah, he is better than Daryl Powell, isn't he, but that's about it (laughs) that's about where that stands so guys like that, there you go Low-end trades, maybe there'll be a bigger one for Pierre Marc Bouchard. Maybe another draft pick, or perhaps I, I would think you'd want a warm body though, because we're trying to make a playoff run here, and you probably can't trade Pierre Marc Bouchard right now. But maybe it depends on what's available at this point. Because that, but that's it. But as of right now, that second line is playing so well, it's like well, we'll see where things go. Pierre Marc Bouchard, though, one of those guys, a bit inconsistent, obviously. A guy that can score 60 points, but he also can just flat disappear. And unfortunately, he has that, that concussion deal. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, well, it's more loose. Once you have that first concussion, it's kind of more loose. And that bell is easier rung For here on, from here on out, unfortunately. It just gets easier and easier to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Like a guy named Brent Burns, who's on San Jose right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the Devin Setagushis, Charlie Coyles, and Zach Phillips. And likes that trade looks pretty good for the Wild right now as well. They're playing Brent Burns out of position at forward, just like LeMere did at times. Ah, I don't like it. I don't like Brent Burns as a forward. I didn't think it brought the Wild much success. And I didn't think it's it really was really productive to uh, Brent Burns's career, but ah, whatever. You know, I guess I'm not an NHL coach, am I? <laughs> I'm just a I'm uh, just a broadcaster, right? That's about it. Yes, that is about it. So with that we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to get we uh, we we'll right back to skim well we actually did already skim through the games, but then we'll talk about two things that that impressed me, two things that bugged me, then we'll give out our Mike Madonna award for the well the past whatever you can call it. <laughs> just fill in the blank past two weeks, past month, and then the James Shepard Memorial, which is basically ever since the last show. We'll just kind of call it since the last show. The Mike Madonna Award goes to the best player since the last show. We can probably guess who that is. The James Shepard Memorial goes to the worst player since the last show. And, eh, yeah, yeah. Let's just say it's a name you haven't heard for a long time <laughs> for the most part. And that's because he, well, he kind of just fell out of favor because he didn't do anything and he was disappointing. So, that's why he's going to get the award. With that, we'll take a break. Hmm. <laughs> And we are back here on Brave the Wild, episode number 59, which is a reminder for all iPod users and other MP3 players like Android devices. Well, in that case, you download Double Twist from the Google Play Store, and that works just like iTunes on your Android device. You can look up Brave the Wild or any of my other shows that I mentioned earlier <laughs> Timberwolves Explosion or Brave the Wild. And uh, there you go. You can listen to your favorite podcasts on your Android device as well. Very cool. Also, on the Windows phone, you can just simply look up the show in their store. So those are the other avenues to get to, to listen to the show if you happen to not have an Apple device like iPods iPads, and iPhones. Yes, yes. So, yes, two things that impressed me with the Minnesota Wild over the last several weeks. Well, obviously, <laughs> the play of Ryan Suter, the overall better play of the team in general, the, uh, the offense excuse me, has greatly picked up over the course of time. The defense has picked up. Uh, Jonas Brodeen, especially. That's another thing. So that's like a second thing in general. Jonas Brodeen, unbelievable development. The young guy. Jonas Brodeen, which I should have mentioned earlier, but then again, he wasn't like, he didn't come off to a sluggish start. He just was hurt a little bit early on there with the Wild. Um, the ones he came to the NHL, it was basically like, whoa, this kid gets it. Jonas Brodeen is a very good defense, and he has been paired with uh, Ryan Suter, which is not news to anybody listening to this show, I don't believe, unless you flat don't pay attention to the wild. <laughs> He's been paired with Ryan Suter, and the two have thrived together ever since. I mean, I got to think, I mean, I I, I think putting Jonas Brodeen with him is one of the reasons why Suter got better, and I think Jonas Brodine's awesome uh, uh, development has helped Ryan. Uh, has helped Ryan Suter and I think but I mean I also think Ryan Suter has helped Jonas Brodin's awesome development as well. The young man has a long awesome career ahead of him in the NHL. Pe- some people believe that he will be as good as Ryan Suter within the next 3 years, which is a very high praise through uh, the experts in the NHL from the experts in the NHL that is that is unbelievable. So overall great play by the offense. Devin Setaguchi, Matt Cullen, basically the second line you could say impressed me, and Jonas Brodeen greatly impressed me over the course of time. Ryan Souter, of course, uh, impressed me as much as anybody. Two things that bugged me, well, seeing certain so, certain players like Kyle Braziak not play so well, it's kind of disappointing. Um, at times, Backstrom gives up some cheap goals, which is frustrating. Our, and our inability to defeat teams like Anaheim, that's that's frustrating. So obviously things like that are going to get to me and, and Minnesota Wild fans. Um, but I, I guess it pales in comparison to the way the team is playing right now. That's the good part. Minnesota Wild currently the three-seed in the Western Conference. First place in the Northwest Division. So the hopes for that continuing to develop for the Minnesota Wild into the playoffs. Hopefully, we can defeat the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in the course of time. So, now we get to the postseason. Or, why do I keep calling it that? But <laughs> since episode 58 awards, the Mike Badano Award goes to Ryan Suter. Without a doubt, he is the best defensive in the NHL right now. He's the best player on the Minnesota Wild right now. Ryan Suter has been absolutely spectacular. No one in this world can complain about how he's played. He has just been phenomenal. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, last time it was Zach Parisi. He was the one-man show. Now, Ryan Suter is is not a one-man show. It's now a team effort, but Ryan Suter has stood out better than anybody. James Shepard Memorial is a guy that reminds me of James Shepard right now. A guy who came in with a lot of promise, started strong, and just vanished early and often. Marco Scandella. Who? Yeah, Marco Scandella. It's like, what the hell? Who? Who is he again? I thought he was going to be one of the top defensemen for the Minnesota Wild for many, many years. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know anymore. He is just vanished off the face of the earth. There's still a chance something could develop with him, but it's been an utter disappointment pretty much ever since about midway through last year. He was sent down at one point last year. It was like, whoa, he got sent down? Yeah, he did. Um, another thing that bugged me as well, you could say, is Michael Granlund not really adjusting to the NHL as quickly as a lot of people ex- expected. So I'm throwing that in there as well for the things that bugged me. Um, so a couple of young guys not working out early on it, but other young guys really off to a good start. Zuckers, coil, but nobody. But they all pale in comparison to uh, Jonas Brodin, who is going to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So now we're moving into the final, final segment for the for this episode of Brave the Wild. It's kind of like a catch-up show in general, so not so much into in-depth game reviews this time, so I apologize if you were looking for that, but can't do it right now, I just can't. So now we're going to check up with those <laughs> Houston Aeros. Ooh, David McIntyre still playing on there. <laughs> He's like the fifth leading scorer there. Michael Granlin's numbers have been very good in Houston. He's got 27 points in 26 games. Hopefully that will translate to the NHL at some point. Johan Larsson has been very solid. 35 points in 60 games overall. Jason Zucker and Justin Fontaine leading the way down there as well. Uh, Zach Phillips is a guy a lot of people would like to uh, or, or Nick Palmieri, by the way, was the player that I was talking about earlier, not Matt. So I apologize for that. <laughs> it's just he was such an invisible member of this organization anyway, so, but guys that, uh, Minnesota fans that would really uh, would like to keep an eye on and really like to see something out of are the, the likes of Zach Phillips, Marco Skindel, and Tyler Kuma, so those guys right here, Zach Phillips, only 20 points in 56 games, his development a little bit slower than the others in obviously the, uh, Brent Burns trade, so if Zach Phillips can work out then that is, like the blow, that is a blowout trade because Setaguchi's been very good. And, of course, Charlie Coyle looking looking good so far, still getting his feet wet, though, as you know already. Uh, Tyler Kuma, though, man, he, he was the number one pick that the Wild traded up for years ago in the Doug Risebrow era, only eight points in 36 games. Um, yeah, he's a stay-at-home defenseman, but, geez, he's just not really developing into much of anything. And That's uh, Doug Risebrow for you, and that's why he got fired. Jake Dowell, by the way, the guy that was uh, brought up to the Minnesota Wild, has only 7 points in 26 games, basically a 4th line center. Eh. Scandela, by the way, 15 points in 34 games, 13 of those assists, so he's kind of trying to be a Ryan Suter wannabe <laughs> in that sense. Not really a scorer, but setting up, setting people up, being one of the top assist men from the, on the Minnesota Wild from that, uh, from the blue line. So, It's more or less trying to keep up with the hot prospects. Uh, Matt Hackett, by the way, also uh, was sent back down to the Houston Arrows for Darcy Comfer. Yeah, so Matt Hackett and Jason Zucker sent down. Those are two major prospects, by the way. Sent down from the wild to Houston and then back up to Minnesota. Jake Dowell and Darcy Comfer. Yes, oh goody. So it's kind of been a been in little musical chairs with the backup goalie situation, and really, in the end, Backstrom's been pretty much in net just about every night, and unfortunately for our guy, Josh Harding, who was supposed to be the main backup and a potential starting goalie off and on that's been brought up over many, many, many years, uh, unfortunately multiple sclerosis, that's all I can say about that, unfortunately that's all he can say as well, so best of luck to him in that fight, so best of luck, Josh Harding in that, in the battle with multiple sclerosis, it's unfortunate but it's again, how it goes yeah, yeah so guys thank you for listening, apologize but yeah, this was more of a catch up type of show, than a detailed type of show, it's just, it is what it is but at least we're back, we're back here doing Brave the Wild, hopefully I can be more consistent in releasing this, possibly have a Neil Nate Dog thesing on at some point down the line Or, of course, (laughs) Sebastian Balls on the line, possibly, as a co-host, guest co-host. You know, either one of them would be a guest co-host, but you know what I mean. On the show, from time to time, would be very cool. So, again, thanks for listening. Don't forget to call into the phone line at some point. Don't forget to post on the Facebook page. The phone line is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. And for the Facebook page, go to the search bar, type in Brave the Wild, Minnesota Wild Show. Look it up, click like, and don't forget to tell a friend or two or 40 about Brave the Wild. <laughs> would appreciate it oh so very much. So thanks again for listening, and good night.